What is up, people, and thank you so much for listening in to this episode of the New Generation Sports Talk Podcast. I am your host, EJ Stewart. We got a great show lined up for you guys today. It's been a, a little bit of a while since we've been on the air. I feel like we've been a little bit sporadic this summer, kind of with uh, sports talk because of various reasons. This reason was for a good one. We were actually at work for New Generation. We were uh, in Vegas for the Summer League this past week. The NBA free agent schedule has been sporadic. That also didn't help the situation, though. <laughs> Not our fault. It wasn't all that, though. But it, the NBA's freedom thing did definitely mess things up. But but this week, again, we had a good reason. We were actually doing work for New Generation. I hope you guys got a chance to check out our content from Las Vegas uh, covering the NBA Summer League. We have two new videos up. There'll probably be a third one kind of wrapping that kind of trilogy, so to speak, of, of what we thought about Summer League. We'll talk a little bit more about it in a minute. But, um, but that's where we've been, so that's why we're uh, doing this podcast now, uh, one or two weeks removed from the last one. So, uh, NBA Summer League, man, it was a crazy experience. It was really fun. I'm excited to talk about that. We'll also talk about, obviously, the biggest news in the NBA. Uh, still, even from last week, Lee kind of shaken by this Russell Westbrook trade, him going over to, uh, to, to Houston for Chris Paul. What does that mean? for the landscape of the NBA. We'll kind of have more of a macro conversation about that. Uh, we're going to talk some college football. We got some media days happening. Uh, Alabama has been already chirping in a way that's a little surprising to me considering uh, who their head coach is. So we'll talk a little bit about that as well. So it's not going to be a super long show day, I don't think, but then watch the show go hour 45 minutes when me and Kendall start talking. But um, hopefully this will not be too long. But it should be a fun show. I'm excited. Joining me is my co-host Kendall Stewart. Uh, Kendall, I know you said you got a lot to talk about today, especially with college football. What exactly are you looking forward to uh, to to ch- uh, chatting about? Yeah, I'm uh I'm I'm very very fascinated uh, about this college football season. I we'll talk about it later, but I think this college football season in general. I don't know if I've been more excited for one in a long time because I feel like there are a lot of. I mean, one there. I don't. The one thing I will say. Regardless of my excitement, I don't think we've ever had this, you know, depth of like great quarterbacks and big names in a long time. Like there was a year Tebow came back, and there was a year that we had Winston and Manziel, that was like huge. They were both like I believe they were both because they weren't in the same year, but no, yeah, they were. Yeah, they were. Winston yeah. was a junior, I think, and yeah. Manziel was a sophomore. Mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken. But regardless, um. Like, but the fact that we have guys like Tua and Trevor Lawrence, who are like, I mean, they're a legendary college football quarterback already, still playing. Trevor Lawrence has two more years, you know, but then it's not just those guys. Then you have the Jalen Hurts at Oklahoma. You have, you know, Justin Fields at Ohio State. You have um, Shea Patterson in Michigan. Herbert at Oregon. Justin Herbert's back at Oregon. Jake Fromm's at Georgia. I mean, the amount of quarterback names that we have in college football. And that's not even mentioning some of the name brand schools, but USC, Penn State, LSU that still feel like Miami that still feel like they they're that they can win still feel like they're trying to compete for a national championship. So, I mean, I'm I'm excited for this college football. Te- Texas, you know, it's gonna be oh yeah, Texas uh, in Boucher. Uh, yeah, Bouchel. Shane Boucher. Like he's another big name or quarterback. Sam Ellinger, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sam Ellinger. Ellinger yeah. Sorry, why did I say Boucher? Yeah. Um. Uh, that what used to be the backup. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, he's not. He's no longer the starting quarterback. You know. <laughs> Ellinger. Did you see uh, Terry Bradshaw? Not to change the subject. You see Terry Bradshaw take shots at him. What was that about? That was that was bizarre. Ta- it explain was to people that. a little bit what quickly what that yeah. happened. So or like, just, I guess Terry Bradshaw went to Louisiana Tech, which I didn't know about. But they're playing Texas Week One, and 
he was at some rally. Some <laughs> I guess Louis. I, I don't think it was, a, it was a rally. I thought it was like a. It was, it was a like a team meeting. Yeah, maybe. It was public. Okay. It was a public event. Okay. Uh, they might have been a fan event, but like it was like some maybe a team banquet or whatever, something like that. And you know, he he basically said, yeah, you know, we got a uh, Texas Week One, and that quarterback, you know, we all know he stinks or whatever. Like, you know, we I can guarantee you we're gonna get to him or said something. I don't want to paraphrase incorrectly, but. Uh, he was just taking shots at Sam Ellinger, kind of for no reason. Like, I, I, it's a little uncomfortable for me that like uh, you know a sixty-year-old Hall of Fame quarterback, seventy-year-old Hall of Fame quarterback, is taking shots at a you know a college sophomore or college junior, or whatever Sam Ellinger is. But like, I mean, especially when like again like you're Terry Bradshaw, like like why do you have to demean <laughs> Sam Ellinger? Yeah. Uh, it- What's the name's quote was, I never understood why a guy, why players would want to go and stack up like Texas. One year, they signed three five-star quarterbacks. Two are, now, two are now gone, and one is playing, and he ain't that good. I mean, is he wrong? I mean, I, I think he's a little harsh on saying Sam Ellinger is good. good. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's harsh in saying that. <laughs> I'm like, I would say he's wrong but in that. If, he, if he's wrong in the, the notion that, like, yeah, like they've had, like, they had three five, they did. And he's right. Two of them are gone, and now it's just Ellinger. Ellinger isn't a superstar. I guess what he's trying to say. But um, yeah, yeah, he went on to to really going deep into. Or well, no, actually, it was I guess Baker Mayfield also shot Sam Ellinger. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently, I didn't even know this happened. But yeah. uh, uh, also, Blake uh, uh, Baker Mayfield uh, talked about Ellinger. I don't know if Ellinger maybe had somehow threw a shot at him, but he was like, he couldn't even beat Lake Travis, so I don't really care his opinion or anything about winning. You know, Westlake's a great program, but the two best quarterbacks coming out of there are Drew Brees and Nick Foles. Sam can stay down there in Texas. Uh, Baker Mayfield's annoying, but... Yeah, this is going to be a much more freestyling profile, freestyling podcast than maybe other podcasts you listen to for us. He's really getting to that line for me. He said something else this week that I was like, "What's wrong with you?" I know he called. He took shots at Duke Johnson. I didn't like. That was the one thing. He's talking about Duke Johnson and like your NFL quarterback. The number one thing you're supposed to do, you don't talk about your homeboys and them getting their money. Yep. Money, you leave that to the business of the league. You leave that to the agents of the players. You leave that to the front office. You stay out of it, and. Especially because, and this is something that that I think quarterbacks all would acknowledge. Not they won't acknowledge it. But I think if you talk them off the record, they would acknowledge. It, is that it is kind of awkward to have this, um, the most of the time, you know, white face of the franchise, you know, and you know the black players that play around him and them chastising them for not for 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 wanting more money. Like it just it, it always looks a little off. For a lot of people. So a lot of times these guys, Peyton Manning's, Tom Brees of the world, they step back from that. They don't really get involved in that. So Baker Mayfield talked about Duke Johnson, the Kane, who uh, who says that, look, if you guys aren't going to pay me, then get me out of here. Which is just like really any other NFL player at this point uh, has been doing that. And Baker started talking about how he didn't want to win or something. Yeah. Something, Something wild about Duke Johnson that I thought was wild. <laughs> he said, you know, his whole this whole situation is self inflicted. They tried to the reporters tried to paint it as awkward. And he said, no, it, it's self it was self inflicted from him. You know, he said I, he's, he's like, I hope he does his job. I'm like, all right, 
He also, <laughs> then the last, the thing that really turned me off was the shot he took at Giants fans. When he's like, now Odell Beckham will have the opportunity to play in front of fans that are there every every game, that is sold out, that want to, <laughs> that, that really care about the team. Well, that's just a dude that hasn't just been in cra- Cleveland. Saying just like crazy stuff. I'm like, I, I don't know where that's coming from. Like, I don't even know, I honestly don't know what. It's kind of, it's not only delusional, but like. He it feels like he's making stuff up. He don't think giant fans care about football. Yeah, that that's it's bizarre. That is like from a dude that I can guarantee you, he would have rather have been drafted by the Giants than the Browns. Went in that draft. He just said he's <laughs> here in Cleveland to play in front of fans who actually care, who will actually show up to every game and pack the stadium and love him for who he is. You know what Baker Mayfield has? He has number he, this one. This guy's got a shut off. He's got number one pick syndrome. Kendall, it this happens. guy, I know he's been your boy, and I've really been with oh, you. No, I'm not a, I'm not a Mayfield. You're guy. not a Mayfield guy. I thought you were a Mayfield guy. Nah, nah, I'm not a Mayfield. Well, I, I, I don't. Fake man I know. I have defend. <laughs> I have defended Mayfield on this show. He's he's wilding right now. I mean, he. It's been. I don't. I'm tired of hearing quotes from him before you even stepped on the field this season. And I think he had a great rookie year. I think he's had a at a at a. I think he's been. I think he's gotten a lot of a bad rap for a lot of stuff. But I do feel like sometimes, and I think we've seen athletes do this. Uh, I think LeBron did it when he was in Miami the first year. You start, get, so you start to get painted as a villain, even when you're not. Then you lean into that role. <laughs> right, right, right. I feel like Baker's leaning. He wasn't doing this stuff at Oklahoma. He wasn't doing this stuff his rookie year. No. Like, he was a normal like dude. Every that, week like, he's saying something. I'm like, yo, I don't need to hear from he's you. He's trying to say the heel thing. Feel like every time. every single time he's like he's like what's the thing that's gonna get the most reaction from people in every opportunity and he's saying it like what do we think about OJ Odell Beckham playing in Cleveland what if people were let me talk about the Giants fans like what do you think about Duke Johnson him saying he wants out what's the what's thing they say that he doesn't care about winning say he does that, that, that it's all his own fault for not getting paid like the stuff that's just like what's with this guy I I don't know I, I Baker. I think you get a lot of disrespect for no reason. I supported you on this show and talked about how I think it's unfair and that you're a great talent. You got to chill, homie. You got to chill. This is getting outrageous. The Duke Johnson stuff was out of line. Um, I'm not even a Giant fan, but as a New Yorker, saying anything about I mean, that's just ridiculous. I don't I don't even know what to say. It's so stupid. I don't yeah. even know what to even say. There are Giant fans don't show up to the game? Yeah, What's he talking like- about? If if you talking about like Jaguar fans, or right? Jaguar you know, fans, Charger fans, Charger fans, something like that. Like I can understand. Like it, it, he just sounds stupid. Yeah, and I don't think he's stupid, but he sounds stupid with that kind of comment. Yeah. So Baker Midfield, I think he needs to step back a little bit. I think he's been feeling himself way too much this off season, and, and I'm a little worried because I am one of those people who believe in the Cleveland Browns this year as a playoff team potentially. Um, I do think that they're going to be a problem. But uh, this is not the stuff I want to see from the quarterback every two weeks. Every two weeks is him trying to take some shot at somebody, him going after a, a reporter, going after a radio host. Enough, man. Enough. Just, just, just. And I'm not. And I think he is working hard. I'm not gonna say don't just work hard. Do I think he is working hard. I think he is trying to do what he has to do. Let your play talk, speak for exactly. Yourself, man. At a certain point, it just gets ridiculous, and I think he's getting to that point. So Baker, I really hope because I ain't putting a target on your back. If he doesn't play well. We're going to rewind back to the comments, back to the, this guy, the talker. He's all talk, but he hasn't gotten any better. And he's a good player, but the I, the, real, the reality is he's a second-year player. 
second year player and he's like not a guy who, who a second his or third first year, year he won 13 games he's not Patrick Mahomes right like, he's like a second, let's third see year what he does in second year. year he showed a lot of promise he had a good year but like he's he's talking like a guy that threw 40 touchdowns last year like or, it, or went to the playoffs yeah or went to the playoffs yeah. <laughs> yeah like my goodness yeah like like he needs to chill um but let's 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 talk, talk about the summer league. So, like I said, guys, we were we were in Las Vegas last week. We saw a ton of games. Um, it's first of all, you know, we we did not go as credentials media. We went as just fans, and then we covered it. Um, yes. You know, but we know what the fan experience is. Like. Yeah. So we can really talk about the fan experience. I kind of want to talk to the fans about that. Other fans of the fans of NBA, also viewers, listen to the podcast. Is what just our takes from being in the audience was for those games. We didn't stand for those games. I thought that I told people if. You're an NBA fan, or if you're a college basketball fan, yes, I, I think that the summer league is. I think they must. If I mean, you can get there. It's I try. Th- that was one of the most fun experiences I've ever had going to sporting events, and I've been to NBA games, college football games, college basketball games, uh, conference tournament games, uh, baseball games. I've never been to a playoff game for anything. Um, so that's the only thing I've been. I've never been to an NFL game. I've been a U.S. Open. I mean, I, I've gotten around a little bit, not as much as other people, but I've seen. I've been in a lot of stuff. I mean, that was that was unlike anything I've ever been in. Like the idea, it kind of reminds me a little bit of the U.S. Open, where you can kind of go to different games in the same venue. Like it was very unique, and the fans there. What I loved, what I loved about it the most, I think, was that the fans there. You could tell were just they were all basketball lifers. Yeah, yeah. Like there's a, that that the, the crowd you see at the summer league is not the crowd you see at MSG in December. Yeah, yeah. the crowd you see at MSG is a lot of rich people, a lot of investors, a lot of people getting off work who like who are who make a lot of money. And they get only people who can afford those tickets. I mean, the ticket prices are are are, are reasonable. Yep. Um, the access is profound. We I can't even count how many basketball celebrities we saw this weekend. Um. The people you see outside the arena, just in the city, like remember that's another thing too. That Las Vegas is not like New York City, where like, you know, just because you're in the same city with somebody, it's very unlikely you're gonna run into them. Like if Kanye was in New York City, chances are I would run into Kanye, or one in like a hundred thousand. Like it's it's yeah. very small. Whereas Las Vegas is a smaller city, Especially so therefore a lot of people are area. all in the same area. So we were seeing people, NBA players. Just I saw B Swanigan in. You know, CVS. Yeah. You know, we saw Ivan Rab yeah. on, 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 you know, on one of the, the bridges in, in on the strip. Like, yeah. like, and then that's not, and that's not including what we saw in the arena. Exactly. I mean, it's a, it's in a, the great, arena, it's a mean, great experience. Kind of, you could speak more to it. Yeah. I mean, what it is, is like, it's like AAU basketball on steroids, you know, like in terms of having the amount of games and having the venue. The venue is amazing how it's literally one venue, but it's two gyms. Uh, and, like, two games going on in one gym. You know, I, the NBA should really consider adopting that. They're never going to, but they should consider adopting that for, like, a separate event. I don't know what, but using Thomas and Mac and the Cox Pavilion for something where, like, I don't know, this is All-Star Weekend. I mean, we've had it in Vegas, but, like, I was also weekend. I don't know if it's, um, you know, they, I know they're talking about doing this, like, you know, these playing tournaments or these mm. mid-season tournaments or whatever. But like, I, I feel like that, like that is an underrated, it's an underrated venue, Thomas Mack. But um, it's AAU on steroids. 
the amount of games that are played, like you said, the 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 intimacy of like being so close to the game mm-hmm. and being around so many basketball people, you really don't have to be credentialed to feel like you have like almost an all access type feel. of feel, right? Exactly. You know, because you're walking in the same gym through the same doors that everyone's walking through. You're sitting in virtually the same seats that everyone's sitting in, especially in Cox Pavilion. Yeah. Um. It, it's 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 it really is like. It really is incredible, and and the, the competition. Yeah, the is games good. are high level. The games are the games are fun. Yeah, you know, the, the games are high level. Um, like we didn't see Zion Williamson. I, I didn't really, you know, it it wasn't boring because Zion didn't play. I, I would have preferred, but um, getting to see any of these guys, any of these first round picks play was very fun. Um, obviously we evaluated some of those guys already, but it's 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 just a it's a good environment. For basketball, obviously, you know, I'm a NBA draft nut. I'm a college basketball nut. So, like, like even, like, the little things. Like, I mean, I was bugging when I was, like, yo, we're, like, we were at the Celtics-Grizzlies game. I'm, like, yo, there's, like, Grayson Allen, you know, Carson Edwards, Grant Williams, and, like, Brandon Clark, and, like, Taco Fall, and all these college basketball, like, legends, basically, yeah. all in the same court. And I'm, like, that's, that's crazy. We're, like, mad close to you guys. Um all the executives, seeing the players, seeing courtside, rolling up, like, it's, it's definitely a fun, fun, uh, experience, um, that, people again, in Las I Vegas, recommend. Yeah, the basketball fans of Las Vegas are very lucky, I mean, they, of course, don't have an NBA team, but the idea that that comes in every year, uh, and it's getting bigger and bigger, yeah, I mean, the Summer League is a, a huge thing now, I remember when the Summer League was not that big. I remember it was not that big when LeBron was playing. Like, oh yeah, it, it was, wasn't it, really, but it wasn't. Yeah, yeah, people were interested in it, but it just it wasn't really, the I same. Mean, like, I mean, now me, it is a money making venture. The, the point where the I became like a summer league like nut, and I think this kind of when the summer league started to really catch his legs was Durant, Odin. Mm. Like Durant, Odin was really when it was like all right, because that was like the first big draft class post LeBron, um, and because we wanted to see those two guys, they were Titanic prospects. And since then, it's really started. And then when it got to like it's what it is now is like the Lonzo, the Lonzo years, like when we first saw that. Um, but like, oh no, I would say even like the Towns D'Lo year, but then Lonzo like took it to another level. But um, regardless, like it's now at a point where it's just a very very fun event. Um, I did see some people, like Brian Winhorn from ESPN was saying he was talking to some people that that agents and stuff and said that. He thinks more guys are going to sit out going forward. He thinks we're going to see more Zion situations. You know, agents feel like, what what do we benefit? There's more to lose than to gain. Yeah, you, you spoke about a little bit about that in one of my YouTube videos. You want to speak about how you feel about yeah, I think the, what, you're, what you're calling the era of smoke dodging? <laughs> smoke dodging, yes, exactly. I, I think the era of smoke dodging is, I thought it was going away, but I think it's going... I, I used to be called. I used to call you know the summer league was the, you know the end of smoke dodging. Smoke dodging season was you know workouts and like you know, but that was all over once the summer league started. You can't dodge the smoke anymore. It's now you, you can play, you can't. But now got, agents feel like you know uh, we can continue to dodge the smoke in the summer league. We don't have to play guys because I mean when I look at look Zion, he's out of shape. Probably shouldn't be playing. I mean I wish he would have been in shape. Which is a whole other conversation. Maybe we should talk about, but, um, but some of these other guys. I mean, Colin Sexton 
not playing because he averaged 15 points his rookie year. Um, like, Kevin Porter playing because he got traded. Like, John Morant had knee surgery. He, he, he Yeah, I think... I wouldn't play. Yeah, him. I think the guy was talking about, you know, the Morants, the the uh, the Cam Reddishes of the world, I don't think we have any smoke with No, them. no. Those no, guys, leave them. Those guys had legitimate surgery. DeAndre recently. Hunter played one game and shut it down. It was like, I, I don't know. I ain't look right. <laughs> I, yeah, play I, mean, I still don't know why he didn't play he's anymore. Like, he just played, played one game and then was like, all right, I'm done. Like, I, I think I think that, and, you know, shout out to Alonzo Trier of the New York Knicks. Um, he had a tweet basically just calling these guys out. He's like, I don't know what you guys think that as a rookie that you don't have to play in summer league and think that you guys could step on the NBA floor and just produce. Yeah, and, and think be, that it's going to be easy. easy. It's not. Like, I, I think, and I think Trier saying that, you know, Trier is a very confident dude, so it wasn't surprising he would say it. But to me, like honestly, him saying it really gave me gave it the most credence to me because I watched Trier in the NBA summer league. He looked ridiculous the first three games. We hated him. I could not stand him because he wouldn't pass the ball. He didn't look. He knew what he was doing. But guess what? In that so in that same summer league, he really improved. And by the end, he was putting together some really nice numbers. He had some really good games at the point where the Knicks offered him that two way contract, and he turned into. Turn that turned into the great rookie year that he had. So like hearing him say, like stepping on summer league like is not easy. Like like and like you need this work to like improve and know what you need to work on. Like I take it from him because I saw him actually do yeah. that work. Because by the time the season did start, he looked ready. Like he wasn't he was a rookie, but like he looked he like if he didn't play the summer league and then he just stepped on the floor and he looked like the way he did in summer league in the first few games, I don't know I don't know if he'd be on the team. Yeah, I think these agents are. If they think that there's nothing to gain from Summer League, I think they're miscalculating the popularity. Absolutely. Of that. Oh, 1,000%. Because, like, look at, like, now, maybe they're saying, like, for Zion, and maybe. Like, maybe Zion. But, like, he's he, those guys don't come off. Don't Even Zion, I think, is, is suspect because the video of him ripping the ball out of Kevin Knox's hands was being ridiculously viral. Right, exactly. Imagine if he had two or three more of those moments, how yeah. that could have also impacted and his brand. brought the hype up for his rookie debut. Right, so, like, because look at, like, Carson Edwards today, EJ, just signed a, a, a endorsement deal with Adidas that's being, like, it's being reported by ESPN. In my head, I'm like, who cares about what Carson Edwards is signing? But, like, I think Adidas, like, signed him to a real, like, endorsement deal, and that was based off what he's in the, in the summer league. Yeah. And that they realized, oh, this guy's pretty good, like, like. He has traction amongst fans. You yeah, know, he's he, an exciting player. He's an exciting player. So I think Adidas was like, we might as well sign him. We might as well sign him. It's probably cost effective. But, like, like there are a lot of dudes that their brands were, I mean, Taco Fall. Oh now, God. again, Taco Fall undrafted. So, like, he's going to play in some league regardless. But, like, there are guys that, like, Taco Fall is going to make, he made himself probably a lot of money. Not he, definitely. he definitely made himself a lot of money. <laughs> especially endorsement money. Yeah. By playing the summer league. And... There are guys that just went, like, Cam Reddish is basketball irrelevant right now because he didn't play yeah, in the summer league. Yeah. You know, didn't even, wasn't, Jared Cole. Jared Cole. People forgot about him. Yeah. You know, like, these guys, not everyone's Zion, not everyone's Luka Doncic, where they could sit out the summer league and come back and their debut is still hyped up. Right. Like, people now, <laughs> basketball fans now are just as, if not more, Aware about someone like Carson Edwards as they are about someone like Jared Culver, which is crazy because Culver will draft number seven. And I think another example of why this these 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 plans to sit out are foolish is look at R.J. Barrett. Yes, R.J. Barrett first two summer leagues look crazy. 
And you man, you gotta be he looked crazy in the first two some of the games to the point where people were now trying to say he's a bust. Yeah. But guess what? He turned it around. He watched the film. He saw what he needed to do. He shook off some rust. And by the last three games, he ended up having more good games than he had bad games. Yes. By, by the whole stretch of it. Three Five bad three good games, games, two bad games. The last three were good. Yeah, the last one was incredible. In the last game, he almost had a triple double. And now there's more excitement going into his summer his rookie year. And now he's more ready. Because he's not going to be as much as stepping into a The very easily could have shut him down after the second game said, oh, yeah, he's dealing with, a, he's dealing with an ankle. <laughs> his, his hamstring's a little tight. You know, and, I mean, like, we would have been going mad nervous. You got to, I mean, yeah, you been like, oh, would have been mad nervous. Yeah. Like, we got to settle down expectations. That expectations are just as high, if not higher, than they were beforehand. Like, I think Knicks fans are realistic. I don't think they're like, he's going to average 25. You know, but I think, I think they, they are they, like they feel like they have a player. Yeah, like they know, like oh, this kid, he's gonna be fine. You know, right. like there was an unknown that now I think they feel like it's more tangible. Like this guy can actually play. And even beyond that, Kendall, we saw his game improve. Like he he, he got better because of him. Right, that, and that, that was really more and, important for me than even and, the way he played was the way he, his mentality, the way he improved. Right, the way and he handled the pressure. And these other guys, they're not gonna have that experience. They're gonna yeah. just step in the training camp playing. A, and real NBA guys, not the NBA guys. Guys trying to make the NBA. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I get, look. I think that I, if, they, if these NBA agents really want to try to really flex their muscles and say no reason not playing, I think they're making a grave mistake. I I I really think this teams is, have to really be like. And I don't know. There's nothing you can really do about the CBA and like guys don't. I mean, it's awkward because I don't know how much guys are even getting paid to play in the summer league. So like, I don't know if like they have to play, but. It, like, teams have to, like, talk to these agents. And maybe they will. Maybe they are. But, like, it's not a good idea. But the problem is some of the stuff is coming from the team. Right, yeah. It's not, I, that's why I can't put it all on agents. Because some of these teams are some also Some of the teams being, are like, like, yeah, sit out. Yeah, we don't I understand. Them. Guy, you they don't, don't know the offense. You know, yeah. John Hunter doesn't know the offense. You know, the, the Suns were like, yeah, we need Ty Jerome and Cam Johnson to learn the playbook. They, they weren't in some league training camp. I'm like... Summer League training camp? Are we serious? <laughs> Do you watch a Summer League game? Like, there's the most basic principles I ran in Summer League games. If you're trying to put your whole playbook in the Summer League, that's problem number one. <laughs> number two, if you're, if you're, if you're in the first round pick, can't understand a, a Summer League playbook in a day, then that's problem bad, number two. Yeah, that's problem number two. It's one <laughs> or the other. You may, if they, clearly there's an issue here. If this guy's not playing because he's in shape. I've seen these guys. These guys are working out. It, it's, yeah, it's wild. Yeah. What do you feel about Zion, though? Um. Well, about what we what well, you know, Coach the, K saying issues around him. Coach now, K was like, well, he was at the SBs, and I'm like, the SBs were after he got hurt. But he was like, yeah, he was at the SBs, and he's out of shape. He wasn't in the mental shape or the physical shape to play in that summer league game. Coach K is starting to become like Baker Mayfield for me. The more he yeah. talks, the more I'm like, all right, I, please, I had enough. Just right, please yeah, talk to him. Like, first of all, SBs. I'm like. I would say, why the hell is he at the SBs? <laughs> right. If you're if you're trying to get ready for the NBA season, I mean, I'm, I'm really keep this 100. I yeah. didn't even beyond the fact that the timeline doesn't match up. Yeah. If that's your excuse, I think it's like if it's SBs or what's the name, I'm gonna be with my team. Right. If SBs are training. Yeah. I hope I hope you train. So that's one thing. Uh, what I think he's talking about is like the Wooden Award. It's the you know, ESPN Player of the Year. It's the SI. Player of the year, like Look, that kind of stuff. There's no way, Kendall. Naismith I'm gonna award. sit here and allow the dinner circuit. I'm not gonna the allow. Heisman I'm not circuit. gonna allow. I was gonna say I'm not gonna allow Coach K to use the Troy Smith <laughs> playbook to explain Zion Williamson 
I don't even. I don't even say looking how he looked because he, he didn't look that bad. He played, he played very played well. pretty well. So I don't even know. He what had like he, eleven I don't know points what he's in like defending nine, him. He had about. eleven points in nine minutes. He was out of shape. He's obvious. He looked out of shape. He is out of shape. The the Pelicans will tell you he's out of shape, and that's what he's explaining. That's why I think this is weird. And again, it's like Coach K is trying to defend Zion over like and say he shouldn't have been playing. When I, I mean, I guess he did get hurt. Quote unquote. I don't. I don't think. He, I mean, he, he might have gotten banged up, but like, I mean, this was a playoff game. He was playing. But like, it was a regular season game. Yeah, it was a regular season game. He was playing. But like, so I guess he's defending. Him like, we, he could have gotten more hurt if like they would have left him out of there even longer. Like, he should have just sat out. But he's talking as if again Zion looked whack. Like, if he was saying this about Barrett, like Barrett shouldn't have been out there. I'd be like, all right, fair. Yeah, you know, like, four clearly, 18. he didn't look four for eighteen. Clearly, he didn't look ready for the summer league. You know, Zion looked fine. <laughs> he was just out of shape. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like I have an issue, and I, I brought this issue up to you guys pre-draft. Mm-hmm. I was like, I, I asked a question, and it was a bizarre question. It came out of nowhere. I was like, why doesn't Zion have an agent? I was like, it was, it was like post-lottery. Like, why doesn't this dude have an agent? What is he What is he doing? Is he just sitting on his couch? Like, I have seen no videos of him working out. I don't know who he's working out with. He doesn't have a trainer, an agent, or this or that. And it was bizarre. I was like, yo, I, I don't... You're like, everybody was like, look, he's, he's probably got to be doing something. I mean, he's Zion Williams. He's not just sitting on his couch. But I was not shocked to see, the, see him look out of shape, given he spent a month and a half of the draft process without an agent. Um, and and the key thing about having an agent during those things is that the agent schedules your workouts, schedules your, your, your training, training, your dietary, gets you, get you a, a dietitian, gets you a train, get you a training facility to go exactly. work out at. You I, he's not. Can you do that stuff without it? He didn't yes, go to Duke, but 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 like clear does Coach it, K really care? Yeah, it was clear that it, he wasn't <laughs> doing it without it, based on what we've seen. Um, it, it, I think the larger question is: Is this concerning? That cause I think yeah. everyone can agree he wasn't in the best shape. Um, and everyone could agree that that he he probably didn't put in the work that maybe other guys have. I think that's probably consensusly fair to say. Yeah. Um, is it concerning? I'm gonna say no, because I think he has some excruciating circumstances, or not, excruciating is not the word. I can't. Extenuating. Extenuating, or whatever. Yeah, whatever that's the word. Yeah. Circumstances. He had a, this massive lawsuit. This person trying to steal all his money. <laughs> that's um, fair. I mean, that's a pretty big thing, and and I could I could see why you're like I'm just gonna like, not have an agent right now until this whole thing gets settled. Yeah. Um, and and he is a 19 year old kid, and if you don't have that kind of structure, and look, we kind of forget that Zion like kind of has been going by the beat of his own drum since he was in high school. I mean, this is remember a guy who could have easily went to Oak Hill Academy or one of these Prep, one of these fake IMG. schools and, and you no know, basketball factories and instead it's like, no, I'm gonna stay at Spartanburg and like dunk on these like five five yeah, white kids. Played on the ideas <laughs> like, and be totally yeah. fine with that. And a lot of people didn't like that. A lot of people yeah. thought that he's what a smoke it, dodger. Who is this guy? Why is he not <laughs> why is he not playing on Nike Circuit? Why is he not playing, you know, against top competition? Why is he playing in Spartanburg, South Carolina? Um he to me he's almost like like a folk hero. Like I almost think that he kinda I don't think he doesn't need this stuff, but I kind of think, he, no, I don't think he needs, like, I think it's okay if he doesn't go a week, a month without, like, elite training. I think that he'll be fine as long as he trains when he needs to. I think that, he's kind of like Charles Barkley in that regard. But that that's the concern is that I think you're right, but did we not see a visualized version of, like, where this could, like, where the wheels could fall off on a, a Zion career? Yes, but, again, I'll, like, I'll, I'll hold and say I don't think that would be the case. Another 20 pounds and, like, 
he's not playable. And I, I mean, you would think during an NBA season, like again, it's not, it's not, it's not rare for a top guy to come in out of shape. For some, we've seen absolutely, it before. absolutely. You know, like Jabari Parker came in some league out of shape. Yeah, I remember they were saying he, he tanked his Cavs workout. He's out of shape for his Cavs workout because he didn't want to play in Cleveland. And I was thinking, all right, but you know, now he's in Milwaukee's old height. And he comes in summer league, he was still out of yeah, shape. Yeah, yeah. Just... I was like, damn, like what happened? <laughs> like Jabari Parker is not looking good shape at all. And he got healthy. He got by the time his rookie year came around, he was he was in, he looked like a small forward. Yeah, he, he played. Well, he played. Well. You know, he played well. You know, obviously he got hurt. But um, Julius Randle came in out of shape. Yep. You know, he's gotten himself in great shape to this point. He wasn't in great shape, but summer league. Anthony Bennett didn't play in summer league because he was out of shape. But like you know, he he was out of shape his whole rookie year. But that is like the that has got that has to be the 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 fear is when you look at Anthony Bennett, you think about Anthony Bennett. And he was a guy similar yeah. body type. Not, I mean, not exactly Zion, but similar body type. David Griffin worked with him as well. Drafted Anthony Bennett. There has to be some of that concern. But then your question though becomes: Is he? Is he? I don't know if Zion's ever gonna be like this, like thin, chiseled guy. Like you know, Zach Randolph spent his whole career looking like Zach Randolph. Like I think that some but guys Zion was well, he was. I had a some, good playing way to Duke. He shouldn't have put on more weight. He should have took. Well, I think lost that's weight. my thing. Though, is that I think that I think that he'll get back to what he was at Duke. I I, I don't think that he he's not that far off. Like the I, other, I think that, I think that he can get to that. But I, I don't think that. I guess the reason why I brought the whole like he's kind of a folk hero thing. I don't know if, like he's ever gonna look like how people think he should look. The I other think he's always gonna look kind of like how he did right. at Duke, which is fine. And the other question I have though is, what does this say about? Zion Williamson in the sense that and it's always a question I've had about Zion and it became more glaring with this is is he a gym rat? You know what I mean? I don't think he is. I don't want to I don't, I, I don't want to you know I don't I, know I, him. I don't know. I don't know him. I, don't, like, I know I've never heard anyone say he is. It, it's I mean it's, it's hard for me to believe doesn't anybody. Mean he's not but it's just it's, it's hard for me to believe I, anybody with his lack of like elite skill level or his lack of an elite jump shot as a gym rat. Not saying he doesn't work on his game, but like he's not Donovan Mitchell, you know, or he's not Jason Tatum or some guy that like or Stephen Curry, for example. Those guys that have elite skill level, it's like, all right, yeah, like these guys put hours and hours. Hey, he could develop that, but how many guys just just flip the switch and like? I mean, it's happened before, but how many guys? It generally happens during a contract year where it's like, all right, yeah, now I got to start to get serious. That's the only thing that worries me about Zion is that, like, he came in, you know, college he was out of shape, got into a, a or, I mean, in a high school he was out of shape, got into a college conditioning program, got himself in the best shape he's ever been. Once he leaves that and is kind of unmonitored again, gets out of shape very quickly. Now he's in an NBA program consistently. You hope that he can stay in shape throughout the season. He might just be one of those dudes that's in shape when, you know, during the season, out of shape in the offseason. Yeah, some guys like that too. Plenty of dudes that play themselves into shape by November, by December, and then either either tear, but then it's like then injuries come into play, and I don't know. It just yeah. it worries me about his overall upside if he can't be like if he if we're if the only if we're worried about like can this guy gonna be in shape? But the one thing we do have to include though is that when you're doing any kind of evaluations, he is still 19 years old, and like. 
who he is as a 19 year old, we definitely who he is at 24, 25. Yeah, Bill 31, Simmons, 32. Like maybe that guy, maybe Zion Williams at 26 is way more invested in, in saying, yeah. Jay, we talked about Julius Randle. Like Julius Randle, I mean, he like if you see his workout, I mean, he looks like just like he's chiseled yeah. in a way that's I don't know how much body fat he has, but it's not a lot. Yeah. And um and if you looked at him at Kentucky, I mean, he was to- he was like a baby, he was like a small as Randolph. Yeah. And 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 that's a guy that you know I wouldn't think that Julius Randle looks the way he looks playing for the Knox Knicks this year is gonna yeah. be what what he was at Kentucky. But like you evolve and you grow, you learn. Oh, if I'm gonna be the elite player, I gotta stay in shape. Yeah. <laughs> I can't, I don't want to condemn Zion for like one bad summer where like again he had a, he had weird circumstances around his whole life that close that like ended up him looking right. the way he looked that close was was on Bill Simmons's podcast and he said how it was ironic or interesting that there are three generational talents in the league right now where we look at them and say the only thing that really the only thing that could really affect them is whether or not they're in shape and he was like it was Zion Doncic and Embiid and mm. what should we call it? Billy Bill Simmons brought up the point. He was like, the red flag with Embiid is that, like, Doncic and Zion are 20 and 19, 19 and 20 years old. Embiid's 25. You know, he's like, generally, like, the, you would think it would have clicked by but now. that's the point. That, like, yo, I right. should be in shape. Yeah, which goes to the point I was saying was right. that, again, like. It'll click. Like, you would like, think it'll click you, at some point. Well, for most guys, it does click that are great players. It is weird that for Embiid that. Maybe this is the year. I don't share. You're not sure if he gets it, but it sounds like this might be. It. I mean, he's talked about it himself, right. and which is even itself a little bit alarming to me. It's like so you knew this was a problem, you still showed up like this, like yeah. you know. So so that's something that that we shall see. Um, but we've seen you know, and we've seen like someone like Demarcus Cousins. Uh, I obviously had the injuries recently, but before the injury, he got he got in great shape, yeah. and he looks in great shape now for the Lakers. So. The shape, in shape, body shape thing. You know, sometimes I think we we've seen get, guy be great. Yeah, I, I think even, some guy. I think some, sometimes I think we overhype it a little bit. Uh, cause I think you know, usually you get the right dietitian, you get the right people around you. You'll Draymond, be, you'll be fine. Yeah, you'll be fine in the long run. I think he'll be fine in the end. Um, shout out to my guy Brandon Clark for winning MVP. Summer uh, MVP is an overrated award. Look, I'm not. I would have liked Carson Edwards to get it. If Carson Edwards going out, I'd have been like, if he told look, you. Guys, next. But it's kind of ironic though that now last time we next did Chuck this Taylor. show, we we you know last time we talked about the summer league. I mean, you know, I ripped the, I ripped well Grace now. I really, I ripped the Grizzlies too, but I really ripped Grace now, and they they turned around and won the. Whole oh game. yeah, I thought that was funny. I was like, we they looked like a train wreck. The last time we saw them, <laughs> basically they, they last time the we saw them live. The and since then they that. But I I told you that was, that worried me. Man. I was like, look, it's hard. It, it's hard to it, all these summer league teams are the same. All they need is. A kick of motivation, but I think that if I'm a Grizzlies fan, I really would be excited for Grant Clark because no, oh, they are. I mean, trust me. I mean, <laughs> as a Memphis person, I mean, because look, this guy won the NBA Summer League MVP. He had put up really good numbers, and he didn't even have great guard play. Nope. Like he's gonna be playing with. We forget he's gonna be playing with John Morant, a guy who gets people open. And Tyus Jones as well. I'm excited for that back. Like I, I mean, I, I thought that that was a like really great value pick when they got him. I didn't understand how. Twenty something teams thought that there were twenty guys, but I, I didn't make any sense. You to have to wonder, and it was funny with as, as a Celtics fan. You have to wonder, the Celtics ended up drafting Romeo Langford and Grant Williams in the first round, but it, it seems very obvious, especially with the guys that we drafted, that the guys that we drafted a pick before Tyler Hero and Brandon Clark were probably the guys they were going to draft mm-hmm. because like 
it's just weird that you draft Grant Williams, who's like kind of a worse version of Brandon Clark, and you draft Romeo Langford, kind of like a is a random shooting guard freshman who's like a kind of a worse version of Tyler Hero. You know, it's like of the guys you got to check out. Wh- who's the guy that you're most excited to see play in the regular season now? Uh, the guys we saw. I, I'll keep it non-Celtic. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll keep it non-Nick. <laughs> um, I, I'm going to say uh, two guys. I'm going to say one, I, I want to see Hajimura because mm. I, mean, I want to see how he looks. He's going to get plenty of minutes, so that should be fun. But I also want to see uh, Anthony Simons. Mm. He, you know, he, he's going to have a big role, I think, on this Portland team. Simons. Now that Seth Curry. Simons looked electric. Uh, uh, he looked electric. I, he I was electric at the end of the season in times last year. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I tell you, I really we talked. You mentioned him. I really want to see Tyler Hero. I mean, Tyler <laughs> Hero just looks like a professional scorer. And uh, one pick away, man. <laughs> and I was, I was, I was thoroughly impressed with uh, what I saw from him. So he's definitely. One I look, of them. our 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 a lot of our pre draft stuff was, and so and look, we do it good, good. pre draft stuff. It looks good. Like, it looks good. I mean, you were you? I mean, I was looking at your. Cause we still have EJ's EJ's list sitting around in our studio of the point guards. I look at it, I was like, EJ's not too far off. I mean, yeah, of course there was five. I mean, yeah. you and know, the other guy speaking of point guard is uh, Nikhil Alexander. Yeah, Walker. I mean, I was you know I was super high yeah. on him, and it looks like it, it looks about right right now. I, I'm somebody Nikhil Alexander was going to take minutes from somebody in that Pelicans backcourt. Yeah, they, they them guys. Somebody, you know, Josh, somebody Josh Hart was tweeting like how he can't wait to get. Getting to work with him, I'm like, okay, Josh Hart. Yeah, you're gonna say you're that. Saying that now, you. I don't know if you've been saying that yeah, when you're not playing the fourth quarter. Your minutes, you, you go a couple weeks out of the rotation because Nikhil Alexander Walker is a problem, man. He's a his his poise and his feel. It's like his his cousin, it's, and it's a mature beyond his years. Do you think he's one of those guys that got better since the season ended, or do you think that this is a guy that we didn't see everything he could show at? Virginia Tech, because to me it's got to be one or the other, because he was a good player at Virginia Tech, and I liked right. him. We but both he, liked him. He never draft. looked at like you never looked at him like this guy. Obviously he the best looked player on unguardable the in the summer league, and I never looked at him like that at, at Virginia Tech. It's funny because I mentioned it when we were watching. I was like, I forgot who they were playing. Oh, you know they were playing the Miami Heat, and they were playing Jeremiah Martin, who's a guard at Memphis. You know, he was, scored forty-seven points in like a half. You know, last season. Uh, I think it was America Cops Play of the Year, or almost won it. But I was funny they were watch- I was, they were playing against him. And I was like, it's funny how this guy Jeremiah Martin was a better college player, but like in the NBA level, you can see just how much like better, how crazy he looks, and how like you know average he looks versus like Nikhil, who's like good college player, but like is dominating, you know. And so some of that I think is definitely just the NBA game. Mm. You know, it's a little, it's just sometimes the system stuff in college just isn't conducive for some guy. Mm. You know, like, the NBA is just way more free-flowing. Like, the guys that have, like, the instinctual ability, like, tend to thrive more. Mm. You know, that's why I'm that's why i high on someone like Cam Reddish, because I, I know he has the ability, the natural talent. I think, you know, whatchamacallit, Nikhil has the natural talent. I think Shea had it. Like, some guys aren't going to be, aren't going to look good playing in that system. Some guys look better playing. So I don't I, I don't even know if Nikhil's going to look as good in the league as he did in the summer league. Like, he'll still look good, but, like, it's going to be a little more structured. The summer league is even less structured than the NBA. Yeah, of course. So, like, you know, it, he'll, he'll probably look closer to what he looked like in college. Right. But it's an obvious sign that, yeah, the guy can play. 
Um, but to answer your question, I think it's definitely more of, I, I think we didn't see his whole game. You know, I don't blame Buzz Williams, but he probably should have went to a team that would have really just let him rock. Yeah, and we, look, we got to see Justin Robinson play at summer league, but I really wish we never saw Justin Robinson play point guard at Virginia. Tech. Yeah, like if if the kill Alexander Walker would have been Robinson the full time point guard, and Robinson was a very good college point guard. Yeah, so and he played decent summer league when we watched him. So no disrespect to him. I wish he would have went to another school. Nikhil was somebody when I put on the tape. Special. I was like, I was like, I mean, I know he's not that athletic, but like, I know he's not like a great shooter. But, but like, they still can't stay in front of him. Yeah, well, yeah. I don't know how <laughs> they they like every time I watch, they still can't yeah, stay in front of him. His shot looks kind of slow, but they can't block it. So That's always that was always gonna be the thing with him is like, can he really shoot it? If he could really shoot it, like he's gonna be an all star. And the summer league, he was really shooting. Oh, yeah, he couldn't miss you know, it. I, I, didn't know for, I didn't think he had that in his bag. I thought, like, oh, he's going to be a crafty, you know, Andre Miller kind of guy that's going to, you know, set his teammates up and get points when he needs. But, like, he was – that James Harden step back he hit still being played over black <laughs> people. I mean. Impressive. Impressive yeah. showing. Um, and summer league was a great experience, like I said. If you're a basketball fan, man, get out to Vegas. It's something we've – like, you know, I you know – I feel like something we got to try to do every year as a, as a group, me and Kendall and, and everybody, because this was a, a really fun experience. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed our videos. If you haven't, still check them out. They're still, you know, useful. Uh, New Generation Media YouTube channel. Catch our Summer League content. There will be, again, probably one more video coming out soon to wrap that uh, that portion of the of the YouTube channel. But um, the other big thing that happened at Summer League was the Westbrook trade. Uh, we haven't got to talk about it yet. So Westbrook going to Houston, uh, Chris Paul going to OKC, and now right for now looks like he's going to stay in OKC as uh, Adrian Wojnarowski this week saying that it's become uh, increasingly difficult for uh, a team for the the OKC to find a team that will take Chris Paul, which is kind of wild to me that in, you know at this point in Chris Paul's illustrious career that because of that contract just you can't give him away. Do you feel like in the NBA that they, like, I know this is kind of weird to start this conversation at this point, but I just want to quickly get your opinion on this. I feel like I wish in the NBA they had an option where, like, you could pay part of a guy's salary to get rid of him. I think that that, like, kind of, like, I think, like. Like in I, baseball? I, yeah, like, I think that, like, for example, like, we talk about, like, how these teams could have made moves. That, like, the Knicks may have been interested in Westbrook had, like, the OKC agreed to pay half its salary. And maybe the Knicks would have been willing to give up more assets had they willing to do that or you know maybe one of these other teams that like uh, a miami or the lakers would be willing to in, give up in this era you know, something yeah. of value had they you know didn't have to pay all the salary in this era of free agency or pre-agency and player movement and the supermax i agree because these contracts being strapped to a big contract is is just you're, you're, it's death. Yeah, you're done. Be, unless that guy is a top ten player. Yeah, like unless he's Westbrook. Like he, he's got to be that good. Yeah. To get rid of it, even then to get rid of well, you. Yeah, you, I meant you gotta like, take an awful contract. Well, yeah, I just meant like even like having it on your team. Like oh, unless oh, that yeah, guy yeah. is worth it, you're not gonna want it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like these teams, like like the th- like the Hornets decided. Yeah, no, we just I know Kemba's yeah. really good. We, yeah, we're just not. I think they, you know they got they get, they're getting a lot of flack for it. I think they're getting flack for I think the the. The lead up to how the that lead up, the principle of the yeah. way they were thinking, you know, how they we implemented the supermax, but then we don't want to use it, and we want to keep him because, you know, we have the All Star game in Charlotte. A lot of a lot of messed up things that happened there, but I think the principle of we don't want to pay Kemba Walker 
the Supermax because we're not doing anything with them. I think that was smart. You know, I think it made sense. So, um, yeah, the NBA, they, they have to change something with that. I think they should. Um, in terms of the NBA landscape, Kendall, I tell you what, I mean, this really, the again, NBA through, Jam era, man. Yeah, I tweeted, I was like, it's the, it's the last, it's the last decade, because we're entering a new decade now. The last decade was the super team decade, which I think is unquestionably was the case. This new decade to me is starting off as the NBA Jam era. It's 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 two off with every single every one of these big yeah, names. I saw teams I saw like a list two stars. It's kind of crazy. I, I saw a list of like. It was a ranking of the, like, the top trios in the NBA, and like it just it was it was a terrible list. Not, they not be- there aren't trios. Yeah, not because like you know the the, the rankings were off. It was just like why are we even doing this? Like the the top trio was like it was like LeBron, AD, and Kuzma. I'm like this doesn't even, like Kuzma. Like yeah, the big three. Era, <laughs> right. There are no there yeah. were no big threes. And if the decade before was a big three hour with like the Lakers and with the Celtics, like that's that that's not we're way past that. They don't do big three no more. Now it's just two. Just yeah. get two superstars. And and just ride with them guys. I mean, the, the, it's exciting because the league should have a lot more parity this year. And it, we come into this year for the first time in a very long time, feeling like I have no idea who's going to be in the finals on either side. What, what's going to make this even more? What's going to be more cautious or more important now than ever? And we saw it this year, but like even now coming up this season, um, I think it's just going to be health because now if you yeah. only have if you only have two stars, if one of those dudes gets hurt, yeah. your team's at a massive disadvantage. Whereas, I mean, the super team era, like, you have guys sit out games and oh, I still have the two best players on the floor. Good luck. Now, like, if AD misses 20 games or LeBron misses 20 games, the other guy is screwed over. They have to carry the team. Yeah. Can't have both of them sitting out, so. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, exactly. And that's why I think for the Lakers, we talked about it a couple weeks ago, why I'm very concerned is that I'm looking at their team, and I'm like, it doesn't seem to really fit that well. And they're really – you're riding on LeBron and AD playing 75 games each to get make this work. That's a lot. And the only way this could work where that doesn't happen is if Kuzma becomes a real third all-star, which is possible. But it's taking asking a lot now of a third-year player. What uh, what do you think, though, of, of, of the Westbrook-Harden fit? D'Antoni is already kind of getting ahead of the people who say he can't coach these guys. Um, he was like, he basically said it's BS that you know he couldn't, uh, that his system couldn't work with these two, and that he knows he has to make adjustments for that. They'll end up being very good. Uh, look, I think the, I think D'Antoni and West, uh, D'Antoni with Harden and Westbrook, it's a risk that you had to take if you choose. I mean, the Chris, the Chris Paul thing wasn't working. Um, they could pretend like you know we don't have beef or whatever, but obviously there was something there. The stuff doesn't just get reported for no for no reason. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I kind of didn't like that. They that, were like, that like calling it fake news essentially. Yeah, I didn't like I didn't like that. I thought that for Maury to be someone who, who I think the media treats extremely well. Yeah. To he, go on that fake news campaign for a guy that you traded in a week was just like that. That he looked he looked crazy to me. Yeah, Mary, that Mary, whole thing looked crazy. Mary, he went on Instagram saying Chris Paul's not getting traded and stuff. Like he looked crazy. He looks crazy to me. Like I, like I lost a little bit of respect for him for like he leaned into this fake news thing and then traded the guy a week later. I I didn't like that, especially again. He, he's not someone who 
you know, if it was like Steve Mills who did that, like who like from the New York media gets a lot of heat and couldn't care less. Right. I'd be like, I say, okay, this is stupid and I wouldn't like it, but I can understand. Like I didn't understand Maury. The first negative article ever written about him, which wasn't really negative. It was just, you can't handle Chris Paul and, and, and Harden together and they don't work. He go that he just looked crazy. I didn't yeah. like it. Um, I think it's a trade that had to be made. I agree. If you're if you're Houston, uh, you had to take the swing. There were no really there were no swings available. They tried the Jimmy Butler thing. Uh, once that was gone, they were like, look, if you got I think Westbrook's underrated at this point. I know you think you know him. Him being, him being like undervalued is him being valued correctly in this stage of his career. Um, yeah, I may surprise you how I feel about the Westbrook thing, though. But go ahead. But I, you know, I think he's underrated at this stage. So I look, I look at it. I'm like, when he's right, like you probably you have two top ten players in the league. I mean, in today's day and age, which is again, what better era than to just say we're going to take two top ten players and hope that they can win us a championship? There's no better era than to do it now. In a playoff series, it's going to be hard to find any team except maybe the Lakers and the Clippers that I look at and say they got two players better than or just as good as Westbrook and Harden. The fit is awkward, but, like, they may just be too good in a lot of in a lot of scenarios, mm-hmm. which I, I couldn't say that about Harden and Paul, especially coming into the season. Like, there were a lot of duos in this league that I would have been like, Man, I scared of Harden and Paul. Paul is too shot. He doesn't doesn't play consistent life. Paul was on the Lakers, it'd be great. Paul, like, he's not a scrub by any means. He's a he's still a very, very valuable player, but doesn't strike fear in anybody. Even as a Celtics fan, like like I I know the guys around the league that strike fear and the guys that don't. Like Westbrook to to some extent is still a guy that I don't want to play. You know? Yeah. Like, I, I, still, I agree with that. Especially in a regular season, you know. Uh, in a postseason, I haven't never played him in a, po- in a playoff series, but like I can imagine, it's a little easier to game plan for. You know, it's, he's erratic, so it's <laughs> things you like about Westbrook as an opponent. But um, he's still a guy that's like, man, like he can go off. Having two of those guys in your team makes you better. So it's a risk they had to take. It obviously we get the, the their usage rate and stuff like that, but I mean. And now it's up to D'Antoni, and it might be a swing that they had to take only because also D'Antoni being on the hot seat, like, there's no pressure. If if it doesn't work, we kind of expect it to fail anyway, mm-hmm. And but it has a massive upside that yeah, they didn't have before. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually more optimistic that this could work than maybe I think most people. I've heard a lot of people really been... People are dismissive people, of it. Yeah, they, they, they don't think that this could work. I, I guess for me... Seeing the and I'm not saying these guys are as good as these two guys, but seeing Wade and Miami, Wade and Braun, that's what I, that's work, what I, I told. I forgot who I told, but seeing them work as well as they did, that's I mean, what it reminds me of. I mean, I, I mean, they that was not supposed to work, you know, like in terms of basketball and just fit and how they play. Like those guys were supposed to get in each other's way, and it didn't. And a lot of credit goes to Dwayne Wade, and I'm not trying to shade LeBron in this because LeBron was a better player, but. It goes to Wayne Wade and understanding that, look, I, I am the second banana here, and we're not going to win a championship unless LeBron becomes the main guy. And LeBron had to he had to tell LeBron, you got to be the main guy. And no, you can't play the way you played in the finals for us to get this done. It's got to be on your shoulders. You, I got to be able to guy to kind of lift you up. 
and you're going to be kind of be the one to kind of lead the way. And when LeBron took that mantle, he, he was the best player in the world by far. Like, I think that if, um, if, if Russell, now it's kind of different because Russell's not going to another guy's team, but he's got to understand that, uh, that he has to kind of play that Dwayne Wade role. But I think he, he's, I think he might be ready for it because he kind of did it last year with, with, uh, with, with with PG and that was on his own team. Now the problem is uh, PG got hurt by the time the playoffs started. And I think, I think PG's playoff, I think his playoff credentials are, are a little shaky in today. With, yeah. You know, and, and I don't think it was three years ago, but I think playoff P is not playoff P that was dunking on Birdman in the conference finals. It's a different guy now. So, so you know, I think having that guy be your guy, so to speak, when he didn't want to be the guy when he went there in the first place, well, already, already probably the, didn't work. Playoff credentials uh, pristine? No, but I think... But I think he's, he's a better player. But he's yeah. But like I was eight, neither was LeBron's. But he's right. so great that like playing with another guy that's that great and still can play a little bit. Right. I think can teach him a lot. And and, and who's older than him? Westbrook is older than, than, James, yeah. than James Harden. He's a guy who he looks up to. He, he was his rookie when he was yeah. play, when they were playing together. I think that this could. I think this could work a lot better. People think. I think also because the Houston Rockets are built. They don't have a team with a lot of other guys who need the ball in their hands. So I agree with that. It's kind of yeah. why it's kind of why the Harden Paul thing kind of did work. It just didn't. They couldn't beat the Warriors, but they kind of beat everyone else. In that, like the rest of the team is just guys who are okay with playing defense, being catching alley oops. Being able to keep uh, keep Capella was clutch. It's crucial. I know people were like, you know, down on Capella. You got destroyed. I, in I, Golden I can't. State I can't. Series. I can't look at and I can't get down on anybody who get, looks bad against Golden State. Right, it's just not like it's different basketball. It's like so that's a different. Like, we're that, never that, gonna see a team. Yeah, and that brand of basketball is not. It's not dead, but like that team is dead. You know what right. I mean? Like how he looked against Golden State is not relevant to how he's gonna look against the Lakers. Right, exactly. You know, so like keep, keeping Capella keeps them competitive against every other team in the league. Exactly. Because like. if they if I if they would have traded Capella, for example, and we were like. Cause that's what I thought this trade was. When they said that they were interested in Westbrook, I was like, Man, it's got to be Capella, right? right? I mean, they're just going to say, we're going to have three guards <laughs> beat us. <laughs> I'm like, that's going to look crazy. But the fact that, that kind of would have been fun, though. Yeah, I thought that was a draft. To see yo, like, Westbrook fall backward and hard at the three. <laughs> they're like, yo, man. He's going to just beat you off the dribble. <laughs> and just uh, Good luck trying to yeah. stay in front of us. But the fact that Oklahoma City was like, we'll take Paul. I mean, shows just the desperation they were. They were in. Um, they tried to trade him. Apparently, they couldn't get rid of him. I, I tell you what, I, I told you they couldn't I, find another suitor for Westbrook. But I, I told, I told you in the, I told you at Cox when we were at summer league. Yeah. I don't think that they were as averse to keeping Paul as people think they were, because people forget about the 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 goodwill Chris Paul has in Oklahoma City. I mean, he was as right. vocal as anyone in the NBA about. Oklahoma City deserving an NBA team. Right. And he's part of the reason why they have one. You can make the case he's the biggest reason why they yeah, have one. Yeah, the house to exceed Either him, him or Clay Bennett, both of them. They're kind of like, I mean, maybe Clay Bennett is one because he clearly wanted nothing to do with liberal Washington. Right. Um, and he wanted to go to some place like Oklahoma City. But a big part of it also was Chris Paul. That season they had in Oklahoma City, half that season where they played so many games there and like they played so well there and the fans were so great, Chris Paul being a superstar, talking about how great that city was, it brought them a lot of goodwill. And I think that they will embrace him when he gets there. So I think that they traded for Chris Paul knowing that, yes, it would be best if we get rid of him. But 
if we can't, I don't think this is a, a the worst thing in the world. I know he doesn't want to be there because it's uh, just an awkward fit. Because it's the like roster. you have a bunch of young rookies essentially. Yeah. And then Chris Paul. Um, but it's good. I look. I think they got a they got a year off of the Westbrook contract. If you could find a way by the trade deadline to get rid of him, you play. You get half a season of Chris Paul, and you can still sell tickets. I don't think it's it's the big loss. People. I think of all the teams Chris Paul could have gone to, I think Oklahoma City is probably the only team that kind of makes any sense. I still think Minnesota would be a good fit for Chris Paul. Yeah, you, 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 you made I've that been, case. I've been piling this Minnesota thing. Look, one, I think Wiggins... Do you think Oklahoma City would, would should take a chance on Wiggins? Absolutely. I, I, I think, kind of agree. I think the Wiggins' bad contract is being overstated a little bit. Do I think he's being overpaid? 100%. Sure. If you were a free agent, would he get the money he's getting? No. <laughs> but with that being said... You know who else we were saying was a bad contract? Victor Oladipo. I was going to say the exact same player. Victor Oladipo, we said, was a, was a bad contract because he wasn't worth the money he's getting paid. But we, but we're, what we're forgetting, the difference between Wiggins and Westbrook, Wiggins and Chris Paul, is Wiggins is, what, 24, 23? Like, he's still such a young player that, like, with an obvious ceiling that, like, if he develops, if he works on his game, he hasn't shown any signs of being able, of having a work ethic or wanting to work on his game. But if he ever did, if he ever improves, he could become worth that contract. So it's worth it for them. Now, Chris Paul, there's, there's anything about, if there's anything about Oklahoma City that they do well, they, 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 they develop their talent well. Right. And and, I think, I think and Wiggins and, fits perfectly with their core. Diallo, Shea, Steven Adams, like. Long, athletic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, plus they're gonna have a million draft picks. I would do that. I would honestly give up an asset if I had to to do that. But um I think Minnesota, him in town, you know, Chris Paul and Towns fairly close. Uh Towns hasn't played with a great point guard in his career. Um and they're kind of in no man's land in terms of like they should be competitive at this stage of Towns' career. Uh and they need more talent. And Wiggins has to be out, has to get out of there, and no one wants Wiggins. So like, I, I I think it's a win win for both situations. I think they want Russell, which is why they're keeping some of these guys. Mm-hmm. And not gonna jump on Paul because I think they're hoping once Russell comes available, we'll snatch him. But I just don't think they have the assets to get Russell. Why didn't they just sign Russell? They didn't have the money. Nah. Okay. Like Golden State or in Brooklyn, they didn't sign a trade thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't know. And Durant had his weird thing of like, well, this trade isn't fair for Brooklyn. We need like first round picks. Like he stopped the trade. They were just gonna do this trade one for one, like Durant for Russell. And he looked at and Durant made Golden State give them first round picks. Yeah, Durant looked what? at it like this isn't fair. Why are we doing this? <laughs> I, I can sign outright. And it, it was it was such a I won't say pathetic, but like it was such like a. It's just such a, like a corny kind of move. <laughs> it's like, yo, like you're leaving this team and you're gonna be like, nah, give us two for it. Like, all right, Durant, you look fake, LeBron. <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna get into the Durant thing, but That's, I didn't know that happened. Yeah, um, anyway, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I'm a little more optimistic about that. I, I think that about this. I think that this puts Houston really in the mix for the title. Where, where, where do you, where, where do you put them in terms of a seed? I told you that I think the Clippers are the best team in the, in the West. Maybe they'll get the one seed, or is that irrelevant? It's kind of different things, but uh, yeah, I, yeah. Um, 
I think they'll be the best team in the West. <laughs> right, I've heard that I, a lot like, from other like, people. I think that what if that means the one seed fine, I think we'll come into the playoffs thinking the Clippers are the best team. I think I think that like Golden State was like the yeah, I think that the, the two best. seed. I think there's going to be a battle for a couple of teams. I think it'll include Denver. I think it'll include Houston. Um, I'm a little down Lakers. on the Lakers right now, Kendall. I gotta be honest, I'm down on them. I don't. That doesn't mean they can't get far, get out of the West. I just think in terms of a full regular season, 82 games, I don't know if I like that team for 82 games. I might like them for seven games against one of these teams. But 82, just relying on a lot of health, this guy go right. I think Houston's right in the mix. I think you can make the case that they're the second best team. Because um, I think what also is important about the Westbrook finding is that it was important to get a player who also would still maximize Capel's offensive value. And the fact they found another point guard who could do that was really important, too. Yeah. Like, they would have got Kemba Walker. Like, that wouldn't have helped them at all. Yeah. Because now Capella is being relied on to do more post-ups to kind of score and, like, get his own offense. Yeah. They got another point guard who's an excellent look passer. Who, yeah, look what Washington did for Steven Adams. Right, exactly. So, like, the fact that they got another point guard who's going to get Capella easy baskets is and, – and maybe we'll even do it at a higher clip because he's a more – effective, more uh, relied upon on player because he's not hurt as much is uh is great. Last or or last question I have though yeah. is do we think that are we done this summer? Yeah, I think this is it. I think in terms of anything major. Like you know, if Chris Paul gets dealt I it's don't not think, gonna be it's not gonna be to anyone who we think can win a championship. Right. You know, if it's Minnesota, if it's Miami it's one of those scenes while someone decides to take him on. He to me is the only guy that that like is is out there that's obviously available for the taking that I could see somehow being traded. I think everyone else is has been dealt. I think we're kind of gonna go into the season as as is, and it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be yeah, real, rumors, it's gonna be real fun to me. There've been you know some minor rumors out there that Blake Griffin could be on the move. Yeah, Detroit wanted Russell Westbrook, and they they I guess. Never allegedly won it. Yeah, I don't know. I've heard varying things. I would have traded Russ Westbrook for Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin. I like. I wouldn't have done that if I was Detroit. I, I think that's a. Oh, if I was Oklahoma City, I would absolutely. Yeah, that would have been great. I mean, Oklahoma guy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, perfect fit with Shea. Like, so if if Griffin could be on the move, where would, how many years is left on his deal? Three. Yeah. yeah. Twenty twenty two. Still not a great Wait, deal. Thirty. For him, he's probably like 32. I mean, his, his, knee, his basketball knees are probably about 33. <laughs> yeah. um, and that's no disrespect. He had a great season last year, but just keeping it 100 with his injuries. I, I It's got to be the right fit, but, like, it wouldn't shock me if somehow he got – but I don't think he's going to get moved before the season starts, though. That's the thing. Is that a lot of these new – I feel like I can see him being moved – after some, new, after some of these new contracts, you know, the ink dries <laughs> at that December 15th date, and they say, all right, yeah. now it's time to start moving, guys. You I want to know who I, I think should him. go after Blake. I think Dallas should make a run at him. What does Dallas have to get him? I mean, cash base. <laughs> I mean, they, I mean, they don't have you much, You think that but Detroit just dump I mean, I don't think you're going to dump him, but, like, you know. You're going to have to give up more first-round picks. They've already given up a lot to yeah, the Knicks. True. Dorian Finney-Smith, you know, like I, I, I think you could trade bit players for Blake Griffin. Maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm selling a little short. Because Detroit, you know, they remember they have this new arena. They're trying to get people to show up in. 
Yeah. I'm not saying it hasn't even worked. Yeah, I'm not even saying. I'm like, it's Blake Griffin. But I'm just saying. I don't I'm saying. So like now you're really gonna just say, all right, we're gonna lose money now because for Miami, you mentioned her Chicago. Chicago doesn't make any sense to me. Chicago. Doesn't Chicago doesn't need anything. They just Chicago needs like a superstar. Chicago but, needs to stop getting the seventh pick in the draft. You got it. You know, Kobe White <laughs> doesn't help them. You know, they need a superstar, but um, those don't come available. And when they do, they don't want to go to Chicago, which is odd, but. Um, it, it, yeah, how come the Bulls don't get any more? Go, don't get any. The, the Knicks seem to get clowned on all the time. You, Nobody clowns the Bulls. You want to know what it is? And honestly, it's like it's the Knicks. Jordan Ghost. I, I think they understand. I think players around the league and agents stuff understand that the management is really incompetent. Really bad. Yeah. You know, like it doesn't get talked about at like the Knicks. Cause but like, I think it's the same thing. Godolin like wages war against people that cover him. That, that I don't think help. I don't think like Stephen know, A has an obvious I don't think like, is, Mandetta. cares really much about the media the way what's his name does yeah. but he's probably just as incompetent yeah like Gar Pax you know is like a terrible duo in the in the front office yeah oh, man. you know I still can't believe they gave they brought Boylan back I can't believe they brought him back and they, they extended his contract that guy was a PR nightmare like beyond like the coaching like he was a PR nightmare and yeah, they were like, let's give him a contract extension. Those guys, man, how do they still have a job? I don't know. In today's NBA, of like, you lucky you have three, two, three years. <laughs> you were going to second year and get fired. The same yeah. Year. I, These guys, they're untouchable. I don't him, know. Him, I mean, Ernie Grumfield finally. <laughs> Del Demps finally. I mean,. It's amazing some of these these franchises, but yeah, like some certain teams, like they, they fire their guys two years. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the deal is with uh, Gar Foreman and John Paxson. Um, they haven't really distinguished. Ryan Dorf doesn't care. I I don't think he cares in the slightest. Uh, I kind of agree with you on that. He, he couldn't. I think he's because... falling. I think he's kind of falling asleep at the wheel a little bit. When you own as much stuff as like those guys own, right? It's like, like a, a part of the portfolio. Dolan and like Ryan, these guys own like everything. Right. So like when you like making so much money. I don't think you got that hunger to like win and like do the thing necessary to to like everything to like run a, a, a great organization. Right. All of the all it is for them is a daily. It was a not even a daily. It's really probably a bi monthly or bi yearly phone call, uh, updating them on what. Yeah, what's going on? Yeah, what's going on? Yeah, and, and like you hire Pax, people that like you like the people that yeah, are there. Paxton and Foreman, you probably give them a good spiel every <laughs> twice a year. That oh yeah we have a great plan we're gonna trade for Anthony Davis in two years all right sounds great all right and go back to let me call the White Sox see what they're doing like that's saying this guy owns so much stuff like it's like how do you really keep up with everything uh quickly want to talk about college football I, I I mentioned it earlier um yes the Alabama man they don't have they don't have any respect for Clemson um or maybe I'm reading this wrong. And maybe they do have a lot of respect for Clemson, and this is their way of showing it. Because <laughs> for a team that's coached by Nick Saban, they seem to be very unafraid of talking about how they're unimpressed with Clemson, even though Clemson wrecked them the last time they were on the court field with them. Uh, at SEC Media Day, Alabama linebacker Dylan Moses uh, dismissed Moses. Clemson as the better team in their playoff matchup, in which they lost 44-16. He said, quote, it was more preparation. I wouldn't say that they were a better team. He said, uh, he went on to say that uh, Georgia uh, was a much better team. It was the best thing they played uh, that season by far. Uh, Offensive lineman John Simpson from Clemson responded by saying that Alabama was really talented, but that Georgia didn't beat them by 28. 
You know what I'm saying? It is what it is. It's all the facts. And I don't know. It just kind of seemed to me like that whole like media day stuff I saw at Alabama was them like kind of like dismissing this idea that Clemson is equal, which is it's interesting that Clemson's getting in their head that much because Clemson isn't equal. Let's just keep it 100. Clemson isn't equal to I mean, Alabama. Yeah, you look they've at, beaten them two out of the last three times yeah. they've seen them. Yeah, the 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 run. The the, the NCAA is very similar in the last. Yeah, years, the, the championship record. record is two and one to Clemson. The the playoff record is two and two. So there's no, you, you can't say anything about Alabama and Clemson. Clemson's not equal to them. They are. I think their record in the last four years is identical. So I mean. Why do you think this is happening? Because Saban keeps a, a, a keeps a very tight ship. tight ship, and I feel like we saw it a little bit during championship week, and then they got smoked, and they're still talking. I mean, look, I mean, definitely, these, I mean, these coaches they evolved, like Coach K, obviously evolved for sure, and his his ideology and his like management of his program, but. So I don't know if it's some of like this is just new Saban, and we're gonna we're gonna have to expect this until he retires. Um, I mean, it's gotta be it's definitely uncomfortable. It's not a position he's seen at Alabama since Urban Meyer left Florida, where like there's an actual like number two. Mm-hmm. Since Tebow was gone, like they've been the only talking college football. Yeah, you know, it's been a decade. So that's that that's like certainly. Uh, an uncomfortable position for Alabama. Um, do I think... I agree that I think Clemson is, at this point, pretty much an equal. You look at recruiting. You know, Georgia will be in that class as well at some point. They have to prove that they can beat them. But that Georgia appears talent, talent-wise to be in that class as well. But, like, recruiting-wise, like, Clemson and Alabama are equal. I would say recruiting-wise, Clemson is passing, honestly. But... Right. Um, and you look at the talent on the field, we saw it last year, like, they're equals. So, um, I mean, Moses talking about Georgia was the best team. That's and Nick Saban was like, they asked him about what happened. He was like, we had a lot of distractions at the end of the year. Yeah, I mean. Clearly I, this team has gotten in Alabama's head. Yeah. I, I mean, I think we'll see it again. Oh, my God. I think we'll see it really? again. Really? I don't see you. I don't see a path. I mean, I looked at, I watched NC Media Day. I saw Alabama schedule. And I was like, I don't see many L's, man. Unless they just, either they just completely lay an egg or they lose to Georgia in the SEC championship game. So I asked a question. I said, I said last year that and it was, Clemson plays in the the whack ACC. I said last year that it was great for college football that we had Clemson and Alabama again. Oh, I said it was trash. I, I, I will agree with you that if this happens again this year, this would not be good. Yeah, yeah, it would be like. When we talk about women's college basketball being like no parity, right. like like women's college basketball is becoming better than college football. In terms of like like now UConn actually isn't dominant. Like they're great, but like there's there's real Other competition. teams can actually win sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. In college ba- in college football, I mean I I'm looking at the schedule, like literally on ESPN College Football Live, they had the the question about Georgia. What's more likely? Georgia wins the SEC or they don't make the SEC championship game. And I'm like, that that question of his own right, like, it, it really conceptualizes what's wrong with college football. That we, like, the team, they're talking about how great this Georgia team is. And they're like, if Florida good enough to challenge them in the SEC East, and are they cha- good enough to challenge Alabama in the SEC? 
Is the team great? Oh, yeah, by the way, they're also, like, the number three team in the country. We're talking about, can they even win their own conference? I'm like, this is, this is lame. Um, but beyond that, the one thing, one thing I wanted to These talk about. These quotes are crazy. I got to give you one more. He was talking so where you get to the thing. It's in media day. He was talking about Clemson again. And he said, they were really good. When Trevor Lawrence began playing quarterback for them, they became a different type of team. He actually made some of the playmakers on their team much more effective. Them guys are running over them Alabama defenders and flying past them. They only were good because Trevor Lawrence was around. I mean, I don't know. I, I, that to me is wild. Yeah. Like, that's... Yeah. <laughs> wow. I mean, um, speaking on Lawrence, though, I and, I... and I thought that Clemson really was pretty respectful of Alabama even after they beat them. Like, I don't remember... Clemson, they, they weren't taking too many overs. Yeah, I mean, and Clemson takes over shots. It's someone who's a Miami fan who's in their division, right. a conference rather. I thought that they were pretty. I was kind of waiting for it, and they kind of they kind of were cool. Right. So I kind of was thinking, okay, well maybe they kind of saw some stuff from Clemson that made them want to say this stuff. But I don't even remember anything for yeah. them to do that. So I, this stuff was weird for me this week in Alabama. Yeah, I but mean, a, a, a motivating angry Alabama is not good news for the SEC. No, no, not at all. I think this is I think this is like a good sign for an Alabama fan. It is. You know. Maybe when we get to the national championship game you think hopefully they don't psych themselves out a little too much. But right. um just funny where you're talking about. When they get to the national championship against Clemson. <laughs> but uh, um But I, I the one narrative that I think is being a little overrated in in the college football this season, I I I don't wanna I don't wanna disrespect Trevor Lawrence. Because I think he's a great quarterback. But I think, I don't want to say he's being a little overrated, but, you know, I think people are, you know, jumping the gun. I mean, I think the NFL talk is a little jumping the gun to begin with. I mean, he'll be an NFL quarterback. He'll be probably the number one pick. I don't want to guarantee, but he'll probably be the number one pick. But I think just for this upcoming season, though, I I think, for me, I think Tua has to be the Heisman Trophy camp favorite. I know people are, people are, I think he's the Vegas favorite right now, Trevor Lawrence. And I'm like, I don't know. I think that, but I think that. It, he looked voters, great in the National Championship. Voters, right? though, have shown that they kind of get tired of, of guys as the, after they've seen them win it one year. And Tua is, you know, he just won the Heisman Trophy. But he didn't win it. Oh, no, he didn't win that's it. That's what I'm saying. I mean, Kyler that's, won that's it. That's true. Kyler won it. You know, maybe two or should which I I, was, I thought was crazy at the time. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, I did. Think Kyler Murray's not better. Right. Like I mean, he might be a better player, but like two of it was, yeah. was on the best team in college football last year. But I, I do think that like sometimes like it's just like a guy's year when it comes to like that award. Yeah, I, I feel like two was it was two was last year. He just didn't get it, and I don't. I think that like I would I would also make Lawrence a favorite because Lawrence is like the ascending player. I think that. You know, Tua played as good as he could have played last year. I, I mean, if he played better, I don't know how he could. Right. Um. But but I I would say that I would, that was wild. I would probably like, more he, though, he literally didn't win it because he had a bad SEC championship game. And they got benched. Yeah. Yeah, pretty, yeah. I think that if that's he silly. like dominated Georgia, he would have won that thing. But they were like, oh, last time we saw him, he looked shaky. You know, he kind of been trending downward while Murray was trending upward, and he won it. Um. And he didn't. He didn't. You know. Prove them wrong in the national championship game at all. Yeah, and I, I was one of those people saying that. I had no issue with Murray winning, but yeah. I do think that to me, like the way the year went, it was trending towards this being Tua's year. Yeah, 
and it didn't happen. So, but sometimes mentally, like even I just thought that he won, and I realized, I remember now he didn't. Yeah. Like, I feel like sometimes like you kind of get mentally, like what we like Trevor Lawrence is still very new, even right. though he's not that new. The stuff he's that he, almost all yeah, year, but yeah. but because he's kind of new, I think that if he Those does, what, moments he does, if he does what he's supposed to do this season. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna come in as the favorite. I think he's gonna come in. It's gonna be hard for him to knock him off. Now, if they lose a game and Tua goes undefeated, I'll be honest. I think, I think obviously Tua will have a shot. I think. I think it's gonna be a, a pretty open race, though. I think that Herbert's gonna have a shot. I think they, all these quarterbacks are gonna have a shot. Yeah, I think. I, well. I think Najee Harris is a, is a dark horse. I, I think. I think Judy's. Yeah, I, I think Judy's gonna be Judy. a dark horse because he's wide one of the best so wide receiver tough. prospects we've seen coming out coming into the draft in a long time. Wide receiver is so tough. I know, especially when you're playing guy with is, a great quarterback. He's special though. Like if he was playing, if he was at Georgia, I'm not say Fromm's not a great quarterback, but he's not like super prolific. But like because two is so great, who's who's gonna get the credit? Mm-hmm. Like if Judy has a great season, that means two is having a great season. Unless two gets hurt and they go to whoever his backup is, right? Uh, they go to his little brother. You know, then I know like all right, like you know, then Judy has a real shot. But. I think the reason why I think Judy though. Is, Still will be a dark horse is because if you're a wide receiver, and you have any, you don't have any chance. You're gonna have to be spectacular, and Judy is truly spectacular. I mean, he, he makes spectacular catches. He's he he's an exciting player. Right, like you can that, have moments. Yeah, though, that guy like that. You gotta he have moments. That guy is gonna have. He's gonna have some crazy one-handed catches. He's gonna have. I don't know about game-winning touchdowns because they blow out everybody. But maybe there's gonna be a tight game where he makes a big play and then wins them a game. I can totally see that with him. He wouldn't be my pick, but like if they, I don't know what his Vegas odds were, but I don't think that it's. I think that he's probably the receiver that had the best chance in a long time to have, to win the Heisman because just how good he is. We know his team's gonna be very good, and I think that honestly, you mentioned Tua, the credit going to him. I go back to my original point. I think that because Tua is kind of we know what he's about and he's kind of old news. I think Judy. I think the last people last year, similar to Lawrence, I think fans kind of started to understand what he is, and now this is his four first full season of fans really i think fully paying attention to like who he is because now we're worried about what his nfl stock is i think that he's gonna i think he's gonna take votes potentially from someone like Tua, who we kind of we've seen him play now for two years and a national championship game we kind of know what he is and we're not going to be as uh excited or, or shocked by what we see from him alabama nick saban should be ashamed of himself by the schedule he put together this year well, SEC, I'm, I'm not even gonna put that in the shame. SEC teams don't schedule anybody. But like, it, they don't, sometimes they, all, they, they, they give themselves trash. one Shout game. Shout out to Florida, they're playing Miami this year. And Shout, I think that's yeah, great that they, they give that. themselves one game. They play their non-conference game. They have four games, which some people say is a disadvantage. Some conferences play, you know, three and nine conference games. If the SEC was playing nine conference games, that'd be one extra tough opponent. But Alabama's playing Duke week one. Week two, they're playing. Doug Jones ain't walking through that door. Yeah, Daniel Jones. Yeah, Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones sorry, ain't walking through that door. door. Zion's not walking through that door. <laughs> <laughs> week two, they're playing New Mexico State. Week four, Steve Curry ain't walking through that door. They're playing Southern Miss. Brett Favre's not walking through that door. <laughs> and before the Iron Bowl, they're playing Western Carolina. That's four non-conference games. Carolina, say that walking through that door. Yeah, not. I mean, what should we call it? Kevin Martin. <laughs> Kevin Martin. <laughs> Kevin Kingsbury. Martin ain't walking through that door. Um, Duke is the the premier week one is the premier and could they get clipped? No, very long. No, life. no, no. no yeah, I'm like, I might. No, shouldn't they, even broach that conversation. They won't not get clipped by Duke. They're not getting clipped by Duke in Tuscaloosa. It, it, that's pathetic. 
like, honestly, like, and they can get away with it because they're going to start the season off number two. But, like, if this was an Alabama team, like, if they were, like, four teams that went undefeated or five teams and, like, Alabama, like, didn't have the resume, I'm not just putting them in because they're Alabama. If the other four teams had better resumes, then I wouldn't put them on. Like, they can get away with it because they're Alabama. EJ, man, your, your phone is... That's all right. It's Andre. Like, where else calling me? I got to call it Um, But regardless, like, they're Alabama, so they're going to get away with it. But it's like, I mean, come on. Yeah, no, it's it's bad. Like somebody. But the SEC teams do that. Like, they, they feel like... They're not going to be the number one team. The they feel like the strength me. of their schedule in the conference is good enough to get away with this foolishness. And, and the problem is, like, the SEC... And to me, the, no, the problem is the, the, the Kyle Football Committee. They keep rewarding them for this foolishness. Stop rewarding the SEC teams for playing terrible conference schedules and, and, you and know relying on this, the SEC when the SEC's been down. Yeah, you know what I think this was? Is like, these con- these these schedules are, are scheduled six, seven, eight years in of advance. Of course, yeah. And eight years ago, the SEC was a gauntlet. Right, but so, like, like, I ain't playing no other teams. The teams they're playing now... At South Carolina eight years ago was a tough game. Yeah, come on. Now, now like that's a, that's a what, what must change coach South Carolina team. Yeah. That's a win. They got Ole Miss. That's another W. Would have been tough like four years ago. They got at A and M. I mean, that's not gonna be easy. Now they got Jimbo Fisher. They got some talent, but like Manziel's now walking through the door. Tennessee's always been an easy game. <laughs> Arkansas at times is tough, but like easy not right easy. now. Yeah, you know LSU's not the juggernaut they've been. Like. Mississippi State. Yeah, SEC not, is looking way more ordinary than it has at Auburn. Like, like other years. these aren't like they're not, if you're not playing Georgia, you're pretty much like if you're Alabama at least, you're pretty much a favorite. By uh, you're an overwhelming favorite in every game. Else, you gave them a very tough game last year. They almost lost, but like at least Clemson, Clemson's playing at A&M, who mm-hmm. I guess technically Alabama's playing as well. But like that's on top of the ACC schedule. Yeah. But Alabama, they're saying we're gonna play Duke. Like if 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 like play Florida State, play Miami. If you can play an ACC team, the fact that they feel like they can play Duke and that's like, all right. But again, like you said, they they, they know they can get away with it. Any of these SEC teams can get away with it. Alabama, I'm gonna go as far as to say if they lose a game, for me, like it's gonna be hard for me to put them in. With this easy of a schedule, I mean, I gotta see what the I gotta see how the, everything shakes yeah, out. Yeah, gotta see how everything shakes but, out. But like, but, they don't—they're not yeah. giving themselves any cushion. No, of like, oh yeah, but you can't forget week one when they dominated USC. Like, that's not in the picture. Right. That Duke game is irrelevant. Right. You can win by seventy, and I'd be like, oh, I wouldn't blink. Right. They better beat AM, They better beat LSU, Auburn by like thirty points. Yeah, I mean, again, like I said before, it goes down, comes down to me at the end of the day. The SEC teams are giving themselves no rope because of it, and the other SEC teams in some ways can get away with it because at least they have Alabama on the schedule. Alabama doesn't have Alabama on the schedule. Nope. So if they don't find themselves in the SEC championship game for some crazy reason, and the last time they got lucky and, and got away with it, we'll see if they get away with it again. But I think a part of it, unfortunately, is going to be this these committees. They just, we, we, there's an SEC favorable bias. When they, we talk they, about they Heisman talk, talk like it doesn't, doesn't help to if he's playing nobody this year. No, that won't help me at all. <laughs> um, I think that's a good place to wrap the show, guys, this week. So hope you guys enjoyed this edition of the New Generation Sports Talk Podcast. Like I said before, check out our YouTube channel, New Generation Media. There's plenty of 
new content from our, our trip to Vegas last week for the NBA Summer League. Also, make sure you follow us on social media. Follow us on uh, Facebook, New Generation Media, Twitter at New Generation Pod, and on Instagram, New Generation Podcast. Make sure you uh, make sure you can find this podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Make sure you subscribe to our channel, New Generation Podcast Network. Follow me on Twitter, EJ underscore Stewart, and on Instagram, Action EJ. Thank you guys so much for listening in. We will be back next week with more sports talk. For Kendall, I'm EJ. Peace. <laughs>